0: Real progress or marble stacking? Whatever other criticisms might be directed at the Department of Energy and Energy Regulatory Commission, no one can say that they are not being energetic, see what I did there? About pursuing their respective mandates. In the past eight weeks or so, a number of major policy changes and longer-term plans have been put on the table, including a proposed revision of the Competitive Selection Process, CSP, Draft Rules for Natural Gas and Wind Power Development, the broader 2023-2040 Philippine Energy Plan. PEP, and the National Grid Corporation of the Philippines, NGCP 2023-2040 Transmission Development Plan. Quantity, however, is not a substitute for quality. While the volume of work being done might at first glance look like real progress, on closer examination, much of it seems like a feverish attempt to stack marbles. Or trying to put lipstick on a pig, or put frosting on a turd and call it a cupcake. Choose whatever colorful metaphor you think is appropriate to describe an environment in which one cannot escape the nagging feeling that all efforts to develop a secure, competitive, and sustainable energy system will ultimately be futile because they are based on foundations that are just plain wrong. It is not just a matter of laws such as the Electric Power Industry Reform Act, (EPIRA) of 2001 and related or derivative laws such as the Renewable Energy Act of 2008 having flaws. What makes them complete garbage are some more fundamental errors in principle. The biggest flaw in the thinking underlying energy policy is that the provision of public services should be costless to the government, and privatization is the knee plus ultra-objective of economic planning. This is part of the Washington Consensus of Economic Thought, which my friend and fellow columnist Stephen Chu Unjiang has written extensively about and explains better than I could ever hope to. The effectiveness and long-term value of this policy orientation have by now been largely disproven, and it is rapidly falling out of favor everywhere else but of course, it is followed here by policymakers with a near-religious fervor. Thus, most of what develops in terms of energy policy, for example, the current laundry list of revised rules and roadmaps, are handicapped by it, perhaps fatally. The second big flaw is large-scale thinking, or perhaps more accurately, the inability of policymakers, in part because of the defective principle described above, to discern when a macro approach is appropriate and when it is not. The top-down approach of endless roadmaps Magna Cartas and whole-of-nation efforts doesn't actually cover all the possible variables but rather tends to reduce everything to its lowest common denominator. A national energy policy is only going to be objectively relevant to Luzon, the Visayas and Mindanao at a very general level. Once one starts moving down into progressively more specific details, the conditions begin to diverge very quickly. As we have seen from the past, in which not more than a fraction of the hopes and dreams expressed in Philippine energy plans are actually realized, what happens is either nothing or something not particularly useful in different areas. Another flaw, which is really a manifestation of the problem of big thinking, is policymakers' fascination with arbitrary targets. There are examples in all sorts of government policies, but a familiar one related to energy is the target for the proportion of renewable energy in the country's energy mix. 35% by 2030 and 50% by 2040. That is not to say that targets and benchmarks are not useful or are always a bad idea, they can be very good tools and are applied successfully in countless contexts but they have to be rational, based on what is necessary to achieve the largest goal, in this case, energy security according to its four-legged definition of accessibility, affordability, reliability and sustainability, they have to be achievable, based on what conditions, resources, and capabilities exist, or could be acquired within a definable time frame. They must not unintentionally serve as limits in applications where maximizing the result is a desirable outcome. The 35-50 to target for renewable energy does not meet any of these criteria, and as a consequence, it is virtually certain that it is unobtainable. And even if by some miraculous chance the target is achieved, then it is virtually certain that it will represent much less than could be achieved. So what now? Where does the country begin to fix this mess and develop a sensible and productive energy policy that clearly leads toward energy security? Start with eliminating the most obvious millstone around the country's neck and dumping the APERA. It was a stopgap measure that might have been necessary 20 years ago, in much the same way that jeepneys were a quick and dirty answer to a need for public transportation in the post-war years. Still, just like the jeepney, it has become a burdensome anachronism incompatible with progress. The APERA law may not need to be replaced, either, after all. It was crafted and railroaded into existence for the primary purpose of allowing the government to divest from its power generation assets, and it is only because successive administrations have chosen to regard it with the same reverence as a book of the Bible that it has become such a problem. As an alternative, a more critical assessment and improvement of proposed policies and breaking up the big topic of energy into more manageable pieces may accomplish a lot. Ben.kritz at manilatimes.net.